Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And we're Alice. Nowhere to be found and not being talked about at all. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. How's it going today, Paige? It's going okay today. I did some work. I, um, I was slightly passive aggressive over an email, but it ended up working out in my favor. So I don't feel that bad about it. And also I, my anger was justified. So I don't feel that bad about it. Um, and I got sushi for dinner tonight, which is like top three favorite dinners. And I stand by this. I don't know if I've said it before on the podcast, but sometimes I feel like mercury poisoning is okay. I will eat sushi every single day of my life. If I get mercury poisoning, well, I'll just get mercury poisoning. I really don't mind. What do you even get that from? Fish. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, like people who eat a lot of fish, you have to be careful and monitor that. But you know what? I say life's too short to worry about mercury poisoning. I agree. I agree. Also, if I had a dollar for every time I sent a passive-aggressive email, I would literally not have to work anymore. So, <laughs> join the club. I I felt like I was right. My, my passive-aggressiveness was justified. And some people might say, Paige, passive-aggressiveness is never justified. I'd say maybe this time it was. Who are those people? Come chat with me, because I have many situations in which it is justified. Okay. I'll let, uh, the next time someone calls me out, which it, I don't think it's ever happened, but if anyone ever calls me out, I'll let you know. Direct them to me. <laughs> Shout out to Micah. She proposed to me, um, and I said yes. I, it, I think it was a soft proposal, but you know what? Our love is true. So just wanted to say thank you so much, Micah. Yeah, Micah's a listener, and she's been sending us some funny DMs. Um, Also, Micah, got to hear your thoughts on the announcement, TM, that Taylor Swift is coming out with a new album. I want to hear thoughts from Micah and Emily and anyone else who's listening who's a Swifty. My stance on it can be summed up by two things. Number one, I reposted her Instagram and just said crying, screaming, shitting. And also, I saw this hilarious, I don't know if you're going to get this page, but I saw this hilarious tweet about it that was literally all it said was, at least she's out of that goddamn forest. And I have to agree. Is the forest referencing the Bon Iver album? There's two, but yes. Well, I, first of all, I didn't even know she was making another album. That's crazy. I feel like she just came out with one. She's been doing her re-recordings, but her last, like, quote-unquote new album was the pair, people call them Folkmore, the album names are Folklore and Evermore, which is the Forest albums, and they were released in 2020. That's right. I remember that, I do not remember why, perhaps it was when we were watching New Moon, we were talking about Bon Iver, and you mentioned to me that Taylor Swift had some music with him and I was like oh I gotta check this out and I remember looking at the album artwork of that one and thinking that it was very whimsical that I really enjoyed the look of it the braids of it all (laughs) yes the braids of it all I recreated that for an Instagram as well just saying well I'm sure I liked it even though I didn't know what it was (laughs) I appreciate that support 
tomorrow, when y'all are hearing this, it will be in the past for y'all. But tomorrow for me, I'm going to a Killers concert. What? Where? Ball Arena. I did not know they were even going on fucking tour. They are, like, one of my, like, tops that I want to see. Damn, now I feel bad for bringing it up. Because, like, I'm a casual fan. I'm, I'm excited, but, you know. I It's totally fine. I mean, I honestly, like, since the pandemic, I haven't even been looking at events because I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm really interested right now. Um, but, like, I, I'm very excited for you. That's going to be super cool. Yeah, I'm excited, too. I, quote, unquote, took Thursday off. I still might do a little work, but I get to sleep until noon if I want, so. Gang, gang. So I'm flipping through the book to try and get back to where um, the the chapter starts. And while I was reading, I was eating hot Cheetos. And I have found evidence of me eating hot Cheetos. My dusty red fingerprint right there. Um, you have made your mark in more, ma- in more ways than one. It's true. It's 100% true. Before we start, before we jump in, I'm going to hit a recommendations corner real quick. That's also a story. Last night, I was hanging out with a friend of the pod, Remy, and sometimes people are just going through it, and both me and her are. And I was like, you know what we should do? Get pazookies. Okay, so that's my recommendation. If you are, unfortunately, I think they're only an American restaurant. Paige is, like, pretending, minding eating because she loves them, apparently. And they have gluten-free ones, I saw. But, so it's this restaurant called BJ's Brewhouse. I don't even know if it's, like, nationwide. I really don't. I, if it's not nationwide, it is a franchise. Like, they have a lot of locations. Okay, okay, cool. It's basically just, like, burgers and beer. But their dessert, Pazuki, is, like, a warm, large, warm cookie like it is it like I ate mine in one sitting it's a little that was a bit of a push <laughs> it's really for two but that size of cookie different flavors and then they put ice cream on top okay here are some of the flavors I got white chocolate chip macadamia nut there's peanut butter s'mores there's sugar cookie there's brownie there's chocolate chip there's fucking monkey bread like come on now it was so good and and while I was checking out, I was ordering for us both on my phone. And it was like, sign up for emails and get a free Pazuki. And I was like, all right, but so I like signed up for the emails, whatever. And then they literally let me redeem it right then. So we got two Pazukis for $12. Sometimes I do believe in God. And it's during times like this. <laughs> Could not agree more. So I'm recommending if you've never had it and you have one near you, get it to go. You don't even have to sit there. That's what we did. They put your cookie and your ice cream separately. And then when you get home, you just combine them. I say if you don't have a BJ's, make a homemade pizookie, baby. You bake yourself a big, huge cookie, get the cookie dough. Don't separate it into cookies. Just make one cookie and then ice cream on top while it's warm, while it's cooling down. And you got yourself a homemade pizookie. Yes, I would recommend using a cast iron pan because I've done that and it was excellent. My mouth is watering. (laughs) Okay, what's your recommendation? So this might come to a shock for everyone listening. If you've listened to Recommendations Corners the past, oh, I don't know, eight weeks. 
but I'm not doing a food this week. Um, I am doing lean into your hyperfixations. Lean into if you if you, your brain is telling you I want to do that thing within reason, you should do it. I was thinking recently that I wanted to try and get back into cross stitching. It's something that I I go in and out of. I like do it for like months at a time and then I forget about it for like a year and a half. And I I love the outcome. I love having like hanging stuff up on the wall. I love picking the colors and like I have this color palette that you plug one color in and it gives you all of the like complementary colors that look good with it. So like finding thread to make it the most visually appealing. I am obsessed with it. So I've been out of the cross stitch streak now for a while. And recently I've been kind of feeling like I want to get back into it. I just finished a game on PlayStation that I was obsessing over, finished it, got a platinum trophy, not to brag or anything, but yeah, I did. And then I was like, I need something else to do. I, I need something to fill my time with. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to lean in. My brain is saying cross stitch. I'm going to do it. I cannot put it down. It's all like, it's a constructive hobby. I'm loving how it's coming out. It's going to be a gift for someone. So I'm really excited. Like at the prospect, gift giving is my love language. So I love the thought of making this crazy cool gift and someone is going to get it and love it. So I guess all I'm trying to say is if your brain is telling you, hey, you're going to find a lot of joy in this and it's within reason, lean in, do it. I love that. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing that you've ever cross-stitched? What'd you say? Um, I really like, so this one's a classic. This is my favorite, um, like little office, little inside thing. So it's this scene where Michael is saying, don't bother Luke. And he writes, don't bother Luke with a circle and a slash through it. And someone's like, doesn't that mean bother him? So he erases the the don't on the inside, or he, I don't know, I don't know what he does, but he ends up writing don't with a slash through it, and then bother Luke with a slash through it. And he's like, I don't, I can't make this any clearer. And it's just really funny. I'll send you the scene. It's hard to explain, but I cross stitched that. I love that. Um, I cross stitch one that says life is short, drive fast, and leave a sexy corpse. I that's a a thing I stand by. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love the I feel God in this chilies tonight. I predominantly have been doing office cross stitches, as you can tell. That was that was what got me into it. But now that I know how to do it, I mean, the world is my oyster. Am I making this up or do you have one in your bathroom that says something along the lines of just pooping? Yes, um, just pooping, you know how I be. <laughs> Incredible. I love that. Okay, this week we read chapters 9 and 10 of Breaking Dawn. Let's hear what you thought. This is such, like, this is a, a weird, this is weird. This is so weird. Um, I was not, I, I think you, I, I don't think you could have given me, how do I want to phrase this? 
you could have given me 100 guesses as to what was going to happen in this first chapter, and I would have never guessed what happens. Edward, I have some things to say to you, sir. Get go go sit go put yourself in the corner. Go over there. I don't want to talk to you right now. Jacob is went a little crazy, like like I suspected he would. But I feel like also he had some valid points. He, you know, reading Bella how she looks, I'm frightened to see it on the big screen. I'm really frightened to see what this what what the director of Breaking Dawn, probably part one, I'm assuming, um, envisioned or created with this. I'm frightened. Um, and my final point, and I it's a it's a genuine question. I want to I want to see your thoughts on this. Hear your thoughts on this. There, th this concept had a lot of traction just generally on TikTok, like in the last year, maybe year and a half. Do you think that this book gave a significant amount of youths in the 2000s, unbeknownst to them, a breeding kink? Because in reading this, if I was an impressionable youth and I had the ability to get pregnant, this might this might resonate in my brain like, oh my God, carrying Edward's baby, hot hotness. Being a mom to Edward's baby, hotness. I it made me think that perhaps it I don't I don't mean the pun. It implanted ideas in our in young brains that they didn't even know about. Okay, do you mean that Twilight specifically in this context has been popular on TikTok or just breeding kinks in general? Breeding kinks in general. And I hate to be that old lady, but can you explain what that means? Because I don't know that I understand. It's like the the thought that it it turns you on either thinking really or just fantasizing um, role play, if you will, that this act of sex is going to be, cause you to become pregnant. It's like, that is the hottest part, is like the impregnation of it all. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, I've never thought about it. <laughs> so as a completely objective third party observer thinking about this for the first time, maybe, I don't know. I To me, I just have, trouble seeing past it as like a justification for Stephanie to like force pro-life values onto Bella like that's how I see it because she can claim all day she can say it as much as she wants that she's like I didn't want a kid but this kid but then if she like got pregnant with Jacob she would probably be like but Jacob's kid which is a separate point from what you're asking me, and I'm not trying to change the subject. I just, I don't have any further thoughts than maybe, probably, I don't know. Listeners, if you developed a breeding kink from reading Twilight, let us know. <laughs> you can remain anonymous. <laughs> I, you know, do, do whatever you feel like. I just, I'm genuinely curious. It really, like, it really, I feel like probably tickled some minds. I could see it. I could definitely see it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, 
it's kind of weird rereading this because I feel like my experience of reading Jacob's section has always been like it's just one long chapter. Like even though there is like time breaks, I think there hasn't been yet, but I don't know. It just feels like he's screaming for like 30 minutes straight. I did want to ask, I was genuinely interested. So after the end of the second chapter, I looked at the title of the next chapter and it's again, another long one. I didn't read what it was. I just saw that it was long. So I was like, well, I want to see the names of all the chapters. Let me go to the beginning part of this that has the chapter names because that's been the beginning of every book and also the beginning of Bella's chapter has a chapter list, but this one doesn't. And I don't know why. And I'm wondering if it's because the names were so long or if it was a purposeful choice for some reason. I would like to say that it's purposefully to thwart you and you only because these chapter titles are more spoily, spoilery than Bella's one to two word ones. So I like it. I like that she's not showing her hand. So don't you cheat and look through. Did you already? She did! Folks, no, I didn't, did. I didn't. I'm just laughing at the thought of it. Okay, good. The only time I ever look at the names when it's the next chapter that I'm inevitably going to read. You're inevitably going to read all of it, but yeah, I know what you mean. Tina's here, so if you hear any screaming, that's what you're hearing. You know who to blame. Starting off with chapter nine, sure as hell didn't see that one coming. I think we all know what that's referencing. But... As Paige predicted, Jacob's all full of piss and vinegar, and he's going to go kill the Cullens himself, or as many as he can take down before they get him, as he says multiple times. And it's funny because Billy kind of sees right through him, which I loved because I just love the idea of Billy as like this very perceptive father who like knows his son well enough to be like, mm -mm, not today, and then... Jacob rudely ripped out the phone. I had such an issue with that. What if someone had, like, what if Billy, like, started choking or something and he had to call 911? That's so dangerous. I mean, I think he assumes he's immediately going to leave and be somewhere else, like the Clearwater's house, but still. I guess, but honestly, it's the principle of it. I know. Inconsiderate. I also want to to say that I think it's a very convenient excuse of Stephanie. Like, she's not trying, like, maybe she was trying to, like, be like, I'm smart, see, but it didn't work on me. Page top of, or top of page 166. Jacob is giving an excuse for why Rachel, his sister, hasn't been around this entire book series, and it's just that she hates being home because... Like, it reminds her of her mom who passed, which that's a valid reason. But I'm like, Steph, it sounds like you literally forgot that she existed until it was convenient for you. I, I, not that I thought exactly the same thing, but when I saw Rachel's name, I was like, huh, that's crazy. Emily and I just brought up that, oh my God, I forgot that. Rachel has a sister. Well, forgot that Jacob has a sister, Rachel. And on top of that, Rebecca as well, like forgot that there's a second sister. So I think that you're 100% right. I feel like she was like, oh shit, like I should probably, I should probably nip that in the bud. People are going to wonder. Honestly, you could have said he didn't have another sister. You could have said he had no sisters and it would have made no difference on my brain. It's so true. Yeah. And I'm like, 
don't bring her up. I don't want her coming back here and someone else imprinting on her. It's too much. I'm I'm sick. Sick and twisted. <laughs> okay, so Jacob takes off on his motorcycle to go to the Cullen's house after rudely ripping out the phone. And go ahead. I just, I also, what is it with these children and not wanting to say goodbye to their parents before they leave for an unknown period of time bella like also like i she wanted to say goodbye but at the same time i like it was so brief and she was just ready to leave her entire family after that and never see them again and now jacob's like i don't want to say goodbye to my dad you guys you're the worst i know and kind of related like bella is unwell and she's just telling charlie that she's sick like, she's not saying her goodbyes. The whole thing where Jacob walks in and she says, I'm so glad you came to visit me today. That's dark. You know, I hadn't thought about it until you said that. Yeah. she. she also, that ties in, I realize what the back cover means now. After after hearing how um, how sick and the baby is like sucking life out of Bella. The back cover was something about like loving someone so much and like being ready to die for them. I feel like it has to be about this baby. That the back cover was about them about to lose their virginity for the first time. The preface was about what you're talking about, but very easily confused. Yes, you're right. Sorry. I realize that that's what that's about. She knows like, she's like, I don't think I'm going to die. But maybe. Like, she knows. She knows. Haha, <laughs> JK, unless. <laughs> we're, we're pulling an Ashton Kutcher psych. You've been punked. How do you say his last name? Kutcher. Oh, I always said Kutcher. No, like Ashton Kutcher. I guess I say it the same. Sorry. I don't know why. I lean into the cooch part of it. But why? Because I think it's funnier. Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, another thing that I want to comment on as Jacob is like mulling over his plan and the order of which he could take people down on the way over. It's weird to me because it's like, what does he think Bella's going to do? Because at this point in time, he thinks she's a vampire. Like, what does he think she's going to do? Just like sit back and chill? He knows that newborns are stronger from their time fighting that, like, but does he think Bella's gonna just, like, watch? I'm confused. I I think that clearly Jacob hasn't thought anything out ever. I He's, he's very much acting on his emotions, impulsivity. I'm, I'm not surprised that he hasn't considered all of these pretty important facts. I also think that this could potentially be a loophole, not a loophole, but a small, um, I, I, I don't think Stephanie thought that one through either. Like, we're the readers, we know there's nothing to worry about, really, like, in that sense, because obviously Bella's pregnant and there's a misunderstanding. Um, and I feel like Stephanie was maybe writing from that point of view as well. Yeah, that's true. She didn't, like, consider the all the angles. The dramatic irony of it. So he shows up and he's pissed that Carlisle is the one who answered the door because he's there to kill Edward primarily. And he does not want to kill Carlisle because he thinks he's too, quote unquote, human. 
So Bella tells them to let Jacob in, and then we get the physical description of what Bella looks like that Paige already referenced. Not good. <laughs> Can you read the paragraph that starts with, there were deep circles on page 171? There were deep circles under her eyes, dark circles that jumped out because her face was all haggard. Was she thinner? Her skin seemed tight, like her cheekbones might break right through it. Most of her dark hair was pulled away from her face into a messy knot, but a few strands stunk lip stuck limply to her forehead and neck, to the sheen of sweat that covered her skin. There was something about her fingers and wrists that looked so fragile it was scary. She was sick. Very sick. Yeah, it's a yikes for sure. Um, Jacob is shocked. He thought. He thought he was shocked. Until he finds out that Bella's pregnant. I I have gotten mad about a lot of things in this book series. This is the one that draws the most ire from me. Kind of nonsensically. But why the fuck did we feel the need to, like, stand Bella up in this big production? That she's, like, clearly hard for her to move. He asks her what's going on, and she feels the need to do all of that. And everyone goes along with it. Like, I feel bad for Bella. I do. I do. I feel for her. But girly, you gotta say the word pregnant. You made your bed, and now you gotta lie in it, honey. Like, just say, I'm pregnant. What the fuck? Bella has never never been one for the dramatics of everything or the theatrics this is now when you're choosing to do this this when you have the world's biggest tapeworm inside of you sucking every every drop of life out of you i don't know i i don't know about that i like literally there are seven vampires there and a werewolf who could apply enough force to her frail, decrepit body to keep her from getting up and saying, like, this is not the time. But Stephanie had to make a, a show of it. She, it had to be, th there had to be a dramatic reveal. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. I can't even put it into words. I literally hate it. I've read this and I was, like, waiting for her legs to snap or something. <laughs> I mean... I, we get a little more detail or a little more information on the baby kind of itself and it's like hard placenta but like there is no way this baby is not going to break a bone like I'm sorry but like there's no way that like this birth is going to be fucking traumatic I I'm predicting that right fucking now given that she's just bearing child right now with child and it's causing all of like her her weakening her bones are probably brittle at this point from all of this like malnutrition she can't keep any food down this is going to be traumatic is it not you heard it here first folks Paige has predicted i know you will not, not confirm nor deny but look look at my eyes and <laughs> no I'm she won't I'm not doing anything with my eyes. <laughs> then, then there's the Rosalie of it all. I hate that she's being used in this way. I like that her and Bella are closer. I don't like, let's talk, I mean, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. Later on, when Edward and Jacob are alone, Edward says, 
Rosalie only cares about the baby. Bella's life means nothing to her. What did you think about that? That gave me ire because this whole, like the whole beginning part of it, I was so excited that they were getting along and Rosalie felt so compelled to protect Bella. And I, like, I really, to me, I, it really felt genuine to me. I felt like she really cared for her. For Edward, for Edward, of all people, to say this, I mean, he can read her thoughts, I, which leads me to think, like, that he's saying that for a reason. It feels like another defamation of character to me. Like, it's, it feels like just a way to make the reader remember we're not supposed to like Rosalie. It made me upset because I was like, finally, this is what I've been waiting for. They're, they had a, something growing in terms of a relationship or a friendship. They were at least amicable. I, I honestly thought they were moving in a good direction. If it weren't true, if it turned out not to be true, it wouldn't surprise me because it, it feels genuine to me in this chapter, the way that she's acting with Bella and her protection over her. But with Edward saying that, it makes me feel like he's heard her think something that would make him feel that way. However, I will add, Edward's mind is in the fucking garbage disposal right now. His brain is turned into neurological soup. So he might be misunderstanding things. Yes. I agree with everything you said. I, I also think it's character assassination in a big way. The way I choose to frame it because I like my version better, is that I think Rosalie is, I think she's a fierce defender of the choice that Bella is making. I think she would have been upset if they had come home and Bella was like, yeah, get it out. But I don't think she would have like taken it personally. But Bella came to her. Like people forget that. Bella came to her and was like, please help me. And Rosalie in my version sees that that's like Bella's right to die for her child. If that's what she wants to do, that's like a mother's right. And Rosalie's going to protect that. And no one else is really respecting that, including me, because I think Bella's being ridiculous, but Rosalie is. I love that. I, I really feel like that. I could fully see that Rosalie does have a, a strength and a confidence to her with things like that, that I could totally, totally see that. Yeah, I'm curious to see if the listeners have thoughts on, like, how Rosalie would have reacted if Bella didn't want the kid. Because, I, I mean, we'll never know, but. Or will we? Or will we? No spoilers, Emily. There's so many freaking people yelling in my hallway, so I'm sorry if you hear that, listeners. Okay. Skipping ahead of this bullshit where Bella stands up. So basically, as soon as Jacob realizes what's happening, he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill everyone. <laughs> and Edward's like, let's go outside. <laughs> so they do. And... I don't know. The way I talk a lot of shit on Stephanie, but I did, like, the way that she described Edward from Jacob's perspective was very powerful to me. Um, I'm going to read it. Page 176. 
He stopped without warning and pivoted to face me. His expression froze me again. For a second, I was just a kid, a kid who had lived all of his life in the same tiny town, just a child, because I knew I would have to live a lot more, suffer a lot more, to ever understand the searing agony in Edward's eyes. Um, and then I also like how through Jacob, she lists the reasons why it's different for Jacob. So he says, I was still in shock. I hadn't wrapped my head around it yet. And then he says, and it was different because I'd already lost her so many times, so many ways in my head and different because she was never really mine to lose and different because this wasn't my fault. I was like, damn, this hitting and not in a good way. Yeah, I I feel very bad for Edward because, I mean, we'll come to find out that he feels like this is his fault. But I just, like, he's in all this agony. I feel like his brain is really, really racking to try and find some kind of solution to fix the problem. And what he decides that he's going to land on, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's the best idea. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, Edward. I mean, go ahead. We're basically there. Share with the audience. So he suggests that, hey, I didn't realize that Bella, this was an important thing for Bella until this happened. So... You know, if she wants to be a mom, let her be a freaking mom. But let's do it the right way. Let's do it the safer way, where it's a human baby and not a vampire baby. And Jacob is like, what do you mean by that? And Edward basically says, you you can impregnate her so that she can have a baby with someone that she loves. And that I'm fine with it. I would rather let's do it that way. And I'm like, Edward, do you not understand? It's not that she's pregnant. That's not even it. It's that it's your baby. That's why she loves it is because she's getting the experience to carry your baby inside of her womb. That's what this is about. Like, it's honestly a little disrespectful in my eyes that like, he's like, well, she just wants to have a baby. Let's, I, she'll be fine with it just being Jacob. That's not even why she's excited. It's, she's not, I, I mean, I'm, I'm editorializing here, but I think I'm right that she's so persistent on this and she she wants this baby because it's edwards so i'm like edward come on man come on yeah i just feel like he's clueless to that fact and i'm sure bella has tried to hammer it into his head but i feel like he's just not listening i remember long 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 ago probably in fucking twilight i made some kind of comment like when will the self-deprecation end from both parties and you said it never does we are literally in breaking dawn she is carrying his child and married to him and he still does not get it i'm so fucking tired this is what happens when you do this kind of shit when you're 17 yes you're right you're right it doesn't matter if you're 117 years old, Edward. Your brain stopped developing. 
What do you think about the fact that Jacob agrees to do it? I, the first chapter, I wasn't surprised that he said yes. It ends kind of playfully. He's still kind of um, keeping up the energy that like, you know, if this doesn't work, like if she dies, well, I'm still going to kill you. Like it's, they, this, this chapter was a lot less angry than I thought it was going to be. Um, like it was still angry, but it's less angry than I thought it was going to be. I'm making a face because do you think he's kidding about that? Like, do you think he's kidding about killing Edward? No, but it's like, it's uh, the tone is not like aggressive in my mind. I feel like they both under like, it's almost like the shock of what's going on has caused this, like, they're now like joking about the fact like, yeah, well, if it doesn't work, I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to fucking kill you, bro. And then Edward's like, I agree. You know, like, I I don't know. It seemed like they were both being genuine and honest, but it had a tone of play, ma- masculine playfulness to it, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. But I am, I'm glad, I, I think that Jacob knows in his heart that it's not going to work. Like, I, I think that he, maybe part of him is a little bit hopeful, but I feel like he knows that it's not going to work. And he is, he's willing to try in to see what happens to talk with Bella. I don't think he's gonna, I I just, I really don't think that he thinks this is a smart plan or a plan that is going to work at all, but he has to do something. And if this is going to help in some way, then he has to try. Yeah, I hate it and I respect it all at once because I feel like they both are just like doing last resort shit. It's because, and Edward makes this comment that like he took a while to understand why Bella was doing this, but Jacob gets it right away. Is like she's incredibly stubborn as we've seen this entire book series and she's decided that she's gonna do it. So it's like it's last resort time, you know? And I feel like Jacob also knows Bella apart from how Edward knows Bella. And he is fully aware of what I'm saying, that, like, she loves him and she, as much as I hate it, she she wants him and she loves him. And that's probably the reason why she's she's she wants this child is that's her husband. That's the love of her life. And no matter what I do, I don't think she's going to change her mind. I know that she's stubborn. And I know that, like, despite everything that fucking happened in New Moon, she is still going back to him. So, like, I think he he knows that he has to try, but to no avail. Yeah. I also feel like he also, in a way, acknowledges, like, how gross of an idea it is. Like, he... At one point, I think it's in this chapter, it may be the beginning of the next chapter, but he says something like, I couldn't, it it would feel so wrong of me to like, quote unquote, like just drop her off after a weekend of, of fun with me. Like, that's not, that's not my relationship with her. Like, that's not something that she would want to do. Like, he acknowledges that this is a bonkers idea. Yeah, he does. He also says in basically the same breath that it's tempting, but he can't really help that. Yeah, I'm sure the thought of him and Bella having a physical relationship has crossed his mind many times. Yeah, definitely. So they do make a deal at the end of this chapter that if Bella 
dies, Jacob will kill Edward, which is convenient for everyone involved. That's what everybody wants. So, la da <sighs> Everyone except Bella. Yeah, I mean, she don't have to know about it, though. I mean, yeah, she would be dead, hypothetically, in this in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything I skipped from that chapter? No, let's just continue on to chapter, why didn't I just walk away? Oh, right, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there, haven't we? So Edward and Jacob go back, and it's weird because almost this entire chapter is their conversation. But yeah, it seems like a pretty long conversation, and Jacob finally gets around to doing what Edward asks in the end. But first, you know, they kind of have their banter back and forth. And Bella's talking some mad shit about, like, magic, and she brings up Midsummer Night's Dream, which was not subtle. The... I feel like Bella, Bella's brain is also being eaten away. This was, this chapter, there was a lot of non-Bella things going on. I, this was a very different person than when we left off in chapter, like, seven or whatever it was. Okay, say more. Like, what else did she do that was out of character? I just, it's, it's so bizarre reading her her need for this child, her sudden, like, like, the the tenderness of the way she treats her, the baby in her womb, it's just, like, it seems so uncharacteristic. And, I mean, we haven't read Bella being pregnant yet. Like, we've just, we only read her point of view of finding out she was pregnant. This, I mean, at this point, she's been home for, what, like, a week, maybe? Two weeks, something like that? So she hasn't been pregnant that long. She's clearly very pregnant now. But, like, the magic thing was weird, but having this faith weird. I And just, like, the the, com- the complete U-turn she's done of this is now the, the, the life that she wants. The faith thing was super weird. And I say that as a person of faith, but, like, you can't just drop that out of nowhere. I mean realistically people do go through experiences in their life which cause them to have faith in a higher power maybe that's going on but it did feel very like kind of out of left field i think it also didn't help that we jumped from a different person's point of view like maybe if we were reading this from bella's point of view and and seeing that change in her maybe it would feel different but just like having that stark difference of the bella that we left off and this Bella that we're now seeing from a different set of eyes. Yes, I fully agree. I feel like it would be more believable if it came from her perspective. But, I mean, a lot of this conversation is repetitive of Jacob just being like, don't do this. Why are you doing this? You shouldn't be doing this. And Bella being like, I can do this. I want to do this. I'm doing this. Like, it's it really is. It, it that part is very unbrand. I feel like for their relationship, there that is. I feel like a lot of what New Moon was. Yeah, that's true. This is extremely random, but you know more about English than I do. Um, on at the very literally the first paragraph of the second chapter on page one eighty five, the word goth is capitalized. Why is goth capitalized? I've seen goth capitalized as, like, a title. 
Interesting. I've I've only ever thought of it as a lowercase word. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've seen it both ways and I've never thought about it. It just really stood out to me. I, I always just took it as an adjective that just, like, I only take it as an adjective or a noun, but not a proper noun. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll look that up in, or off air, and let you know. Maybe it's, like, gothic, like, an era, but I don't know. That's weird, because he definitely means, like, goth, like, the slang term. Yeah. Maybe Stephanie holds goth people in high regard. Can't blame her, so do I. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but there's certain, like, lines in different books that I've read that have, like, I just remember them forever. And for some reason, one happens in this chapter. I think it's just because Jacob's spitting. But it's basically the bottom of page 189 through the top of page 190. So I'm just going to read it. Tell me what the point was then, Bella. What was the point of me loving you? What was the point of you loving him? When you die... How is that ever right again? What's the point to all the pain? Mine, yours, his. You'll kill him too, not that I care about that. So what was the point of your twisted love story in the end? If there is any sense, please show me, Bella, because I don't see it. I don't know, just the way he puts it, I'm like, he's spilling. (laughs) What was the point? This chapter, Jacob really has been making the most sense he's made in quite a long time. It's true. I almost, I wonder in some ways if that's why Stephanie chose him to narrate this part because he's like removed enough that we don't have to have every page of like, ah, everything hurts and I'm dying for a good cause. And also like, he's obviously not objective, but like, I don't know, just someone who like can see past like the rose colored glasses that Bella has for vampirism in general. And, I mean, why not push the love triangle as far as we can get? Let's get the pissing contest go to go even farther. Now Bella's pregnant. What are you going to do about it now, Jacob? Like, that, I feel like it's, this, this has been an exasperation tool. You do got me there. Love triangle sells, for sure. Um, he's spitting again on page 193, um, which is kind of like the shit that we've been saying I felt seen on this, is towards the top. What's the deal, Bella? I thought the whole point was that you wanted to, you wanted your vampire more than anything, and now you're just giving him up? That doesn't make any sense. Since when are you desperate to be a mom? If you wanted that so much, why did you marry a vampire? Fuck! <laughs> I feel like Stephanie was like, I have to, I have to say the elephant in the room. And then us on this podcast are like, Stephanie, there are 14 elephants in the room. Please get to all of them. You literally grabbed the elephant in the room and made him into like a circus act. I, I feel like the readers, when this came out, this was probably like the craziest fucking shit. Like who knows what's going to happen next? Can confirm. It was fucking crazy. Uh, We find out that Bella is, like, covered in bruises from this baby. And the placenta is rock hard, as Paige said. We also find out in that same sentiment that Bella is convinced it's a boy, which isn't surprising because all of her dreams have had this, like, 
cherubic boy baby vampire and she keeps referring to the baby as a him whereas uh jacob keeps referring to it as an it which i think is hilarious but (laughs) yeah it seems like everyone's doing that except for bella like edward does it yeah i mean bella's the only one here maybe aside from rosalie who is having a good time right now and she's even not having a good time right now yeah also, back to our intro, where the fuck is Alice? Yes, what, what, she would be the most important to be ta- person to be talking to right now, because she could see the future. Maybe we should, like, consult her with, like, what's, because Bella, it seems like she has already made her decision about what we're doing. So, like, why not, like, check out our options here? Why do you feel like she's not around? Do you have any theories? My only thought is that perhaps what she's seen is not good and she can't, like, Edward can't read her thoughts or he'll spiral into, into hysteria. Okay. All right. I could see it. So Jacob finally tries the tactic that Edward asked him to. Um, he doesn't even really get that far. He do- he never says, like, have a baby with me instead. He just says, like, not a stranger. And then Bella figures it out. And she's like, wow, he really would do anything. I'm like, yes, this, I don't know. It's such a hard position to be in because I also think she deserves her choice. I just don't think that her character as we have known it would make this choice. But if it's like, it's hard because it's like, if she is, then like, that's her prerogative. Yeah, I I fully agree 100%. The hardest part is like, believing that Bella feels this way like it's just it's unbelievable and let's just say hypothetically Bella dies and the baby lives like how is Edward I could not see him I I I don't even know what he would do like it would be great to have something to remember Bella by this amazing gift of life that is a mixture of both her and you But every time he looks at this baby, he's reminded of the sacrifice that was made to carry this baby. So, like, I, I, I agree that it's fully Bella's choice, but, like, hypothetically, if she dies, I do not know what that family would do. Like, they would, I feel like they would all feel so guilty that, that, that these, this happened, you know? And I, that baby, I don't... how guilty you would feel as a baby. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if babies feel emotions, but who knows. But yeah, that's, I mean, definitely a thing that I think children whose mothers died in childbirth, like, have to deal with when they grow up. Like, obviously it's not their fault, but like, traumatic for sure. Yeah. It is, it's, I agree with what you said, though, that like, if Bella, Bella has, is once again consenting to something that I can't fathom, um, but it's her, it's her choice to make, it's her body, and, like, I, it couldn't be me, I'll just put it at that. Amen, agreed. She does tell Jacob that she's not planning on, like, staying human, like, she's relying on the idea of Carlisle saving her by creating her, by turning her into a vampire when shit hits the fan. It seems like okay plan I guess but it does it's not a great plan it's a question mark plan you know 
Like, I could see it working. Would I risk it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, same. I know. I wouldn't. (laughs) So Jacob can tell he's getting nowhere, so he just fucking leaves. And immediately turns into a wolf. And I do gotta say, like, I know we did a little bit of this earlier, but reading the pack in this way, it was very interesting to me. Like, it's very visual. Unfortunately, in the movie, it's very corny. Because it's just, like, wolves all staring at each other than, like, human voices saying things. But in this version, it's cool. Yeah, it feels like a whirlwind. Like, I'm reading, like, it feels like the camera is spinning around a stationary person and there's voices coming from all directions overlapping each other and it's just like a cacophony inside of everyone's head yes totally and that actually is what it ends up being when the whole pack gets into the same area is like jacob and seth are just sitting and everyone else is like in formation like planning this out and the lot the long and short of it is that the pack is in agreement other than seth and jacob that They cannot allow the fetus that Bella and Edward have created to exist anymore because it's a, it's dangerous to the entire, they don't, they don't say city, but like, that's what they're saying. Like the people of Forks. I, I, I see a little bit of validity in their thought process that like, there is no precedent for this. The only precedent that they have is, I I don't know if the wolves are aware of the immortal children thing, but they kind of hint at it like a a child who has bloodlust that has no ability to see right or wrong, like that's going to be a danger. So they get the concept of why this is crazy. And like I said, there's no precedent for this. They have absolutely nothing to base this off of. So I can see their anxiousness. What I don't get is like, why not like, give it a day and why not have the wolves just all around the house and if the baby goes crazy then let the wolves deal with it like why why does everyone have to die because of something we don't even know what the outcome is going to be and the only party that's really consenting to it is Bella like no one else seems like they're on board with this like what do you mean I didn't understand your last part there like all of the Cullens now have to die because they're allowing this to happen. But it's like, they don't want to. The only reason they're letting it happen is because Rosalie is protecting her. And like Bella really, really wants this. And like, I don't think the Cullens are going to like go around Bella's wishes and like get a fetus out of her. Like, I can't see them doing that. So like, but they're making these plans to kill everyone. And I'm like, why not just, why not? Let's just have the baby. And if it goes crazy in the first day, we can deal with it after that. Like, why does everyone now have to die for something we don't even know what's going to happen? Yeah, very valid point. That is not ever even considered remotely. Like, it's immediately the plan to exterminate them all. I think it's also crazy to see the shift in Jacob. Like, obviously he has a completely different point of view. He has a relationship with Bella and he has seen everything firsthand, talked with them. But like the shift in him from the beginning of the last chapter to the end of this chapter, it's like a completely different person. Yeah. Do you think that he's biased because doing this means killing Bella? Like, do you think that he would agree with the pack 
if it didn't mean that? I don't know. He weirdly, like, he fe- it feels like he's very, I don't know, like, he's pro-Bella and also just pro-not not doing any of this. I Like, his energy is just totally different. I, don't, I could see maybe, maybe he would be on board with that, but... I don't know, like, his his vibe is just so different in this. Like, it's almost like if it, if it was going to work out, while he would be upset about it, he would, like, be okay at the same time. I don't know how, how to phrase it. Like, it's like he wants it to work out for them, and he's trying to, like, find some kind of way to have no conflict and no one dies. You want... You mean he wants having this baby to work out for them? That's what you're saying? Yeah, like, he, it, the, that's the, like, the way that I interpret it is that, like, he doesn't want the baby to die. He also doesn't want Bella to die, obviously. And, like, if there's a world where Bella won't die, the baby lives, and she's happy, like, it, almost in a way, like, he was, like, okay with that. I don't, did you get that vibe at all? I don't know. I just like the the shift was so different for me at the end. Like it really felt like a different Jacob. It doesn't feel like a different Jacob to me because I think he's driven by the fact that the the thing enclosing this is Bella. Like I just think that like he it's impossible for him to even conceive of a world where he he or his pack has to destroy her. Yeah, that's pro- that's that is probably what's kind of clouding everything. Is that I mean like they're they're kind of like dancing around the topic of that when they're making the plans as to who's dealing with what and I yeah, I I think you're right that if if it's not him, it's going to be one of his brothers or sister and he will have to see that too. Like, they all share a brain. They can see each other's, like, memories and thoughts. Like, what this means is the obliteration of, like, the one good thing in his life. Right. Right. Yep. And Seth is on his side, too, because he sees Edward especially and just the Collins in general as allies and doesn't think that they should be doing this. But... They are very set. I mean, Sam literally divides up the groups and tells them who to go after. And he pulls out his alpha powers and lays down the law. So, um, yeah. Can you just read the last page of the chapter where it starts, this was wrong, and then just go all the way through the end? This was wrong. And it wasn't just because killing Bella felt like killing me, like suicide. Pull it together, Jacob, Sam ordered. The tribe comes first. I was wrong today, Sam. Your reasons were wrong then, but now we have a duty to fulfill. I braced myself. No. Sam snarled and stopped pacing in front of me. He stared into my eyes and a deep growl slid between his teeth. Yes, the Alpha decreed, his double voice blistering with the heart of his authority, with the heat of his authority. There are no loopholes tonight. You, Jacob, are going to fight the Collins with us. You, with Quill and Embry, will take care of Jasper and Emmett. You are obligated to protect the tribe. 
That is why you exist. You will perform this obligation. My shoulders hunched as the edict crushed me. My legs collapsed, and I was on my belly under him. No member of the pack could refuse the alpha. Thoughts? I really thought that he was going to defy, like, I thought that, I thought that this was going to end with him saying no, and, like, there was going to be some kind of crazy thing where, like, he broke out of, like, he was going to defy the alpha, and it was going to be something unprecedented, and there was going to maybe be, like, a fight of, for alpha authority or something, but it ended kind of, like, ominous, kind of scary. Yeah, okay, so... So next week we are reading two chapters. Buckle in for these chapter names. It's chapter 11 and 12. So 11 is the two things at the very top of my things I never want to do list. And then chapter 12 is some people just don't grasp the concept of unwelcome. What do you think's next? What do you think's coming? Oh boy. Okay. Um, the two things I never want to do. I think one of them maybe is like killing Bella slash seeing Bella dead slash really like confronting that. Maybe the other thing is defying his pack or like going against like his his family, I guess, or his wolf family. So maybe he will say no and like like maybe what I what I thought was gonna happen might come. Who knows? Um, because I'm trying to think of, like, two things that really resonate with Jacob. And the only two things I can think of are the pack and Bella. So two things he wouldn't want to do would be to go against those two things. So I think it's going to be something of those natures. Uh, the grasping of not being welcome. I think the pack's going to pull up on the Cullen's house. And I think chaos is going to erupt. I think it's going to be terrible. <laughs> okay, say more. Is there going to be a fight? Like, what's happening? I think there's going to be something of a fight um, because where else would they be going where they would be unwelcome and it would be the Cullen's house. Um, I, I'm genuinely curious when Bella's going to pop because it seems like at this point she's pretty fucking pregnant. Um, so I wonder if that's going to happen soon. I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, did I miss anything you want to talk about today? Um, I don't think so. All right. As we said when we literally first got on the phone with each other, another day, another nickel. <laughs> it's been fun talking to you all into the ether. We love when you talk back. Paige, tell them how they can. Give us, Give us a ring. You can ring us at twitter at taft pod you can give us other rings do not actually call us because you can do that on instagram we will not answer (laughs) don't give us a ring on instagram you cannot do that at tuesdays are for twilight that is also our handle for tumblr um give us a metaphorical ring there if you want to shoot us an email our email address is tuesdays are for twilight at gmail.com if you'd like to, are we, how close are we to the breaking point of Breaking Dawn Part 1 and 2? A while yet. Well, guess what, guys? That means you have a month or so to 
join in on the Patreon bandwagon where we're going to be watching, doing some watch parties. If you'd like to donate to our Patreon, you can find that at patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. We will also accept donors who donate to the Quilutes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. It's an awesome cause and we support it and we'd love if you guys support it too. You can find out more information at www.mthg.org. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. I'll let you all know how the Killers concert was next week. And what are you going to leave them with, Paige? This is something I stand by. Lick the flaming hot Cheeto dust of life off of life's fingers. You've you've earned it. Period. Mm-hmm. We'll see y'all next week for another two chapters from Jacob's Voice. Bye, y'all. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm-hmm.